0: following podcast is scheduled for one fall. First coming into the ring, Jose Sorrazano. Our next host, Jermaine Meredith. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Smartdown Boulevard.
1: Welcome to Smark Down Boulevard. We are a pair of Smarks that love to talk wrestling, but not watch it on a regular basis. Let's face it, it's not what it used to be. My name is Jose Solorzano, and he is Jermaine Meredith. How's it going, my friend?
0: I'm doing fine. How's
1: it going? I'm excellent, man. It's been a productive and fantastic week. And also, as I've mentioned to you before, I've been helping my dad clean the garage, and I found this wicked thing that I know you'll love. And maybe you had one of these. I'm actually sending it to you right now as I speak. And if you could just check it out, man. And I want to hear your reaction. Oh,
0: shoot. Oh, no, I've never owned this. You've never owned the this comic?
1: Yeah, man. For those of you listening to us, that is a Stone Cold Steve Austin comic book. I remember begging my mom to buy this for me at a comic book shop when I was like nine or ten years old, man. It's awesome. That cover is fantastic. I might just frame that.
0: Wow. If you ever meet Steve Austin one day, you gotta get him to sign this. I
1: have to get him to sign that and twenty other items that I have for him. <laughs> <laughs> and a photo up. And a
0: photo up. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Yeah,
1: exactly. You'll be right there beside me, man. For all those wondering, this photo will be posted up on our Instagram page at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown B-L-V-D. Jermaine, let's get right into this week's topic. Let you start it. Let's go.
0: This is Smartdown Boulevard. All right, so today here on Down Boulevard, we're going to be talking about some of WWE's biggest blunders, times that they have really dropped the ball or where they screwed up the booking so badly that anybody could have booked it themselves. We're going to have some honorable mentions, of course, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> No, it was not hard to do. <laughs> surprisingly easy. Uh, I could have come up with more than 10 items. But <laughs> just for the just for the sake of time, yeah. we're going to keep it to three honorable mentions. And uh-huh. then we're going to stick to one, one particular situation or instance right. that really, really just hurts our heart. <laughs> Where yeah. WWE could have done better.
1: But I'm going to give you the first one. Which was one, one of your honorable
0: mentions? One of my honorable mentions is the whole invasion angle. Oh, yeah. I know it's been talked about a lot of times, but it really still hurts me yeah. just to think about what it could have been, how the booking was just so bad. It, it just hurts. It's too, it's too painful to think about all of the matches that we could have had for years or storylines.
1: Yeah, man. Especially for me during that Invasion Angle. Look, it made sense that those big name guys, the Goldbergs, the Ric Flairs, the Kevin Nash, the Scott Hall, the Hulk Hogan Uh, They didn't want to come and wrestle in the WWE because they could just be making the same amount of money and sitting their asses at home, not doing anything. So it's understandable. But Vince McMahon should have made it a mission to try and get them off their ass and come and create great wrestling. Renew those contracts. Maybe take a hit because you know WWE would have made a massive amount of money during that time if they did the invasion angle perfectly. Can you imagine what we could have had? That Survivor Series matchup to see who controlled WWE would have been amazing if you had the top stars from each brand on there. Can you imagine that match? Yeah. Oh
0: my God. Or or even stretch it out for a longer period of time. Yeah. Make it a real an actual real invasion. Yeah. Even have an episode of Nitro or Thunder on WWE television.
1: Ooh, could you You know what that? I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, a real invasion. Oh, but man.
1: yeah. One of my honorable mentions of WWE messing up is Sting in the WWE. And <laughs> Sting had said <laughs> They've asked him, "How come he never made the jump to WWE? Like that's the show of shows. Don't you didn't you want to be in WWE? Why did you go to TNA or Impact Wrestling at the time?" He said, "He kind of knew that they would destroy the Sting character. He didn't think that they knew what to do with a Sting." And guess what?
0: Which he, they did anyway.
1: Which he was right. The man was right. He comes over. There was so much hype when he debuted at Survivor Series and attacked the authority. He attacked uh, Triple H. And I was hyped, man. I thought we were going to see Sting and all his glory, even though he's a bit older. But he could still go, you know, if they book it right, which, you know, obviously they didn't. The thing that really hurts me the most about Sting in WWE is two things, man. Number one, WrestleMania. He lost to Triple H, which, oh, big surprise there. And then Triple H or creative decided to make it a WCW versus WWE thing with DX and NWO. It's like, no, no, this is Sting's first WrestleMania. I'm sure Triple H could have afforded the loss, but he didn't. That hurt number one. And then second, Seth Rollins just being unsafe and ending his career. You throw him into a buckle bomb and whether it was Sting's fault, Seth Rollins' fault, who knows? I mean, there's so many things you could say, but... At the end of it, that was it. That was things running the WWE. He should have... I would have preferred him not to even come into the WWE. Don't you agree?
0: Yeah, I'd prefer that he didn't come. You know, keep that, that mystery yeah. hidden away. You know what I mean? That's right. He, he could have been the only one, the only one that held out from WCW. But oh, man. Could you imagine He could have had a great career. He did have a great career in TNA. He could have just rolled off into the sunset Absolutely. and leave it at that. Yeah. Or just appear for a WWE Hall of Fame induction and that's it.
1: Could you imagine that? Not Performing in ring in the WWE, but still being acknowledged because of the history and the trajectory and the character of Sting.
0: You can't deny it. the man's a legend. The man's a legend.
1: Exactly. That was that's one of the honorable mentions for me. And I'll just get this one out of the way too, uh, Jermaine, because I don't want we've talked about this at nauseum and even on our Instagram page a bit too much. But the horror show at Extreme Rules was one of the biggest mistakes in WWE history. One of the worst pay per views, if not the worst pay per view in WWE history, and. um I, I, I don't, they shouldn't even release it on DVD. They shouldn't even put it on the network. Just, let's just try and forget about it. After this week, after Sunday is the last time I'm ever going to mention that pay-per-view because, my God, it was horrible. And I know you agree.
0: I agree, man, because the stuff that they let air on the on the pay-per-view, Ray Mysterio's fake eyeball that he held in his hand, the, the that pu- I could have bought, <laughs> I could have bought that eyeball from a party city or The dollar store, yeah, exactly. uh, Decoration,
1: dollar store, man. Oh my god, just horrible. It was horrible. I I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But yeah, that's that's my second honorable mention. What's uh, what's one for you, man?
0: Throw me another one. The NWO's whole run in the WWE, man. Mm. I'm a huge NWO fan. Yeah, same, same. And when they came in at No Way Out, NWO. Oh my goodness. I marked out. Don't you uh, all in?
1: I sometimes just watch that entrance on YouTube. I just Google it and, like, just the way it turns into black and white and then the song just pops out. Yes.
0: Oh, man. I love the NWO's entrance theme song. Yeah, man. If I could have that play for me every time I enter into a room, (laughs) oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I do that all day long. But but, what, what didn't yeah, you like about it?
1: What didn't you like about it? Because they, they had all the momentum in the world.
0: They did, but it didn't last long. That's the mm, thing. Because yeah. after No Way Out was what probably another pay per view, and then it was WrestleMania, right? Yeah, it only lasted. Yeah, it only lasted a few months. Yeah. and then they disbanded after the night after Wrestlemania on Raw and I'm like come on man you could there could have been so much thing the NWO could have done they could have added a bit more members which they did without Hogan and it just wasn't the same oh no 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 because no. Hogan Hogan's the leader of the NWO man it's, without him it's not it's not the same yeah. and I think Scott Hall had his troubles as well so he was off tv for a bit too so at one point it was what kevin nash xbox big show even Shawn michaels at one point <laughs> yeah. in the NWO and booker yeah. t uh, it, it just got buried and I, I have a feeling it's because of an eagle thing with the monday night wars back then yeah the politics I think they just wanted yeah i think vince a pleasure in seeing every wcw idea die a slow death on his programming <laughs> i think that's all it was man
1: yeah it certainly looks that way and think about it too i mean what really led to the short run of the nwo like you said was at wrestlemania 18 in toronto i do remember the crowd going crazy for hulk hogan trying to make him yeah. go back to the hulk hogan and that's that's vince mcmahon's creation and of course he would go with his creation that was all of a sudden just rose from the ashes like the phoenix right Go with that yep. instead of NWO, which when the NWO debuted on WCW or they were formed at Bash at the Beach, you know that that really turned the tide. That's when WCW continued to kick Vince McMahon's ass during the Monday Night Wars. So yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it definitely was an ego thing, maybe for Vince and maybe even Hulk Hogan. You know Hulk Hogan's like, you know what, we can make money with going with with uh, the Hulkster coming back instead of uh, being with Nash and Hall.
0: My next honorable mention. Yes, your third and is, final. I one. think. I think one that we both have on our list.
1: Let's see. What is
0: it? And it's Sin Cara's whole WWE run.
1: We're on the same page here, my friend. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm curious to to hear your take on it, because I can get really passionate about that, and I won't, because for time's sake. But uh, I'll give you the floor. What did you you not like about Sin Cara's WWE run? And we're talking about the original Sin Cara that debuted in 2011.
0: Yeah. You know what? I was debating whether or not I should include this in my honorable mentions, Mm -hmm. because it was both... WWE's booking of him, but I also put the fault on Sin Cara himself. Yeah. Because you have instances of him not finishing a match just because he broke his finger. Like, come with, on.
1: With Del Rio, right?
0: Yeah. yeah. And Del Rio obviously got visibly upset, you know? Yeah. Because these guys are supposed to be. Athlete, You can't let something like that ruin a match. But anyways.
1: It's a finger too. I mean, you got Triple H fighting with Tor quads and you have McMahon coming into the ring, tearing both quads and you know.
0: Or Stone Cold Steve Austin almost getting paralyzed and still being able to roll up Owen Hart, yeah, like, exactly. Come on!
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, but go ahead. Let's not let's not but, uh, get into that. Yeah,
0: go ahead. Yeah, man, Sin Cara, I remember watching back then. He was booked to be this huge star from Mexico. Triple H was bringing in. He was, Triple H man. signed in himself.
1: Yeah.
0: And I was thinking of. I was thinking this guy was going to be the next Rey Mysterio yeah. or slash Eddie Guerrero. You know what I mean? Oh my god! And man. comes out, watches his entrance <laughs> off in <on> the trampoline. <laughs> And this guy had so many botches, and so many injuries. He was injury prone to the max. Yeah, It it just, again, another thing that just lost momentum, died slowly to the point where he was put in pre-shows or opening matches or matches that didn't really matter, you know? And it's partly because he wasn't used to wrestling WWE style and maybe there was also the language barrier. This guy was built with so much star power behind him endorsed by Triple H and then for him to not perform or live up to all of the, the rocket, mm-hmm. the rocket that WWE pushed behind him yeah. is just so disappointing.
1: It's, um, man, I could, I'm just hearing you speak and saying that, you know, you're, you're totally right. And there's so much more I can add to that because I followed Sin Caro's career from 2004 from when he, like, rose to start. From 2004 to 2009, he was the biggest star in CMLL in Mexico. He was the John Cena, the Hulk Hogan. He was the one drawing the biggest box offices. He was the best flying wrestler when year-end awards came. This was the guy, all right? In CMLL, And I was a fan. My dad and I would watch, download, do what we could to watch his matches. All right? This guy was something yeah. amazing. And then when I heard that WWE signed him, I was so excited. I thought we wouldn't get to see him on the main roster for a while because my intention or my thought would have been to put him in development for a bit so he can, A, yeah. learn the language, learn the WWE style – And just get a, you know, well adjusted to North America and just life in there because he lived in Mexico his whole life. They they didn't do that. They just threw him right to the main roster. And I'm like, oh, like, I hope he does well. And yeah, I mean, I hate botches. I hate calling them out, but that's what sadly he's remembered for all the botches. Yeah. You know, and (laughs) and I hate that because I'm still a fan of him. You know, he's Charistical now and CMLL, and um, I'm a big fan still. You know that. But um, yeah, I his Ooh. WWE run was very disappointing. I was man, I watched every pay per view. I even Thursday when SmackDown was on Thursdays, we went to show and like I was the only one cheering when it was Sing Cara versus Sing Cara. You know, um, yeah, I, I was the biggest fan. I was a mark for Sing Cara. I defended him. I, I watched every match. I downloaded, and then I just saw with two steps forward three steps back and yeah it's unfortunate that it went down like that and you know there's a lot of people you can blame. (laughs) I mean you can blame Sin Cara himself because he didn't really care to try
0: or yeah apparently had a bit of an ego he did he had an ego
1: and you know it's it's to come because he came from Mexico where he was the biggest draw and then here he is mid card to lower mid card he's he thinks he should be yeah. up there, which, you know, they put him alongside teaming with John Cena during a raw taping. I remember that in London, England. And then he goes and he botches the, fa- the, the finish of the match. It's just like, you can't, you got to help yourself too, man. You can't just go based on your name and your legacy. And it's like, I forget who said this, but it's not what you did before WWE. It's what you do in WWE that counts. Right. Sure. And, and that's what he should have taken into consideration. And it's a shame. It's a shame. I look back at that. And I'm just like, Oh man. And, and also, we never got Rey Mysterio versus Ankara. They did team up together, but that would have been a crazy match. That's horrible. Could you imagine that? That's the first thing I thought. I'm like, oh, man, he's going to face Rey Mysterio. or, or That would have been up.
0: such a great feud. It would
1: have been amazing. But then they you know, they put him yeah. with guys who don't know how to wrestle his style to begin with. Even guys that knew how to wrestle his style, like Chavo Guerrero, sometimes they wouldn't mess up because I don't know what it was. And also, I know, I'm probably going to cut a lot of this out, Jermaine, because it's going too long, but... I just yeah. gotta get it. I just gotta get it out. They would, yeah. You know how much they pushed him to the point where, like, they would dim the lights to his style.
0: Yeah, during his matchup. Yeah, they
1: did that for him because he requested it because he couldn't see that well with the mask he was wearing. So he's like, "I need low light so I can kind of see better." I think it worked against yeah. him. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But they did so much for him. They did so much. And then another thing that didn't help him. Oh my god, this is going long. But I'm sorry. This should be my. You know what? This is probably gonna be my main thing. I'm going to make it my thing, Jermaine, because okay. I'm very passionate about it right now, but he also got caught, but there's controversy in this. He, he, got, he, he got suspended uh, because of the drug policy. Now, the stories told that they were illegal substances, not drugs or anything, but prescription medication that yeah. he wasn't allowed to take. So he said that he did have a medical prescription for this from his doctor, but WWE never got it. So they had to suspend him. And I think from there is when he just didn't give a crap anymore because they released his actual name. And for luchadors, man, you do not release their actual names to the public. They value not being known. They value to have their privacy because of the mask. The mask is... A tradition it's a legacy it's it's almost like a religion to mexican wrestlers and they released yeah. his full name and he's just like you know what i have a prescription for this they still suspended me they didn't retract it they went out and put my real name out there so people can like follow me know my personal life and everything like that and i think after that happened is when we really saw the downhill of sincara and i'm i'm yeah I'm disappointed in it, man. I was such a fan. I'm still a fan of Sin Cara, man. You remember what yeah. I did during the ROH show when they came for Summer Supercard, man? I stalked him. Yeah, up, I was like, I have to. I meet remember this guy. that. Do you remember that, man? It was a pleasure to meet I him. Remember when you got to meet him? Yeah, man. And like they made it happen after like 20 minutes, and I met him, and I told him thank you for everything, and he signed. We got pictures. I'm a legit fan. So just to wow. hear people say that he was a botch, like he was like a botch highlight reel. <laughs> and I know, it hurt. He got injured so many times. He got suspended. They just dropped the ball with him. There's so many things that just didn't work, man. It just didn't work. And I can go on forever talking you about You know what?
0: It, it's sad to say, but the most the most memorable memory that I have of him is when Sheamus put him through the ladder oh, after the my God. Money See, in the Bank match.
1: <laughs> and you, and you know what? That shouldn't even be... Oh, the only thing you remember of him. Like, there's so many things that I enjoyed about him. Like, say what you want about his entrance, but it was pretty, pretty cool when he did do the entrance properly. Well,
0: yeah, when he did land it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was cool. It, it was
1: unique, and the pyro. And uh, the music, his theme music was really cool, too. It was very different for the time. Um, Also, the match when WWE went to Mexico City, they did the mask versus mask match with Sin Cara Azul and Sin Cara Negro. That was probably, like, one of the biggest points in his career in WWE. You know, and then teaming up with Rey, I think that was pretty cool. I mean, they had great... Um, matches with Primo and Epico, the primetime players. They were nope. also contenders for the tag team championships at one point, which they never got, unfortunately. But could you imagine if they did? It, it, it would have added something to Sin Cara and the character and kept them going. But it just, it's unfortunate it never happened. And then WWE goes and releases that action figure of the two-pack of Ray and Sin Cara, where yeah. <laughs> it's Ray Mysterio and then Sin Cara, and he, his arm is in a sling. And it's like, oh, my God, really? Like, this is what you do to the guy? No, it's just not happening, you know? So it's a shame uh, about Sin Cara. That is my – I'm going to go with that with one of my biggest blunders in the WWE because I feel so passionately about it. wasn't what I was originally going to go with, but I think what I was originally going to go with we're going to do a whole episode on because there's so much to talk about. And I've been meaning to do an episode on, on that and. I know, Jermaine, you know what you're talking about, but I'm not going to say it here because we're going to keep it uh, as something to look forward to here in Smartdown Boulevard. Biggest WWE blunder. What is yours, Jermaine? I'm excited because I know, you, you're, you know you're, what? you're passionate like I am. So I want to know.
0: <laughs> My biggest blunder from WWE is the handling and the booking of CM Punk.
1: Oh, and
0: yes. Yeah. I know that this has been talked about for years. The guy has been retired from wrestling for a couple of years now. Yeah. But I still can't get over this. And the reason being is because this guy was like the Stone Cold Steve Austin of the PG era. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of similarities between him and Austin. And as you know, Stone Cold is my greatest wrestler of all time. Yeah, He's number one, right? And I'm saving a spot on my World Heavyweight Championship belt, hey, right in the middle for Stone Cold to sign. And I just hope he comes to Toronto one day. But yeah, CM Punk was that generation Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And he had such a meteoric rise. That whole pipe bomb promo on Raw, mm. I, was, I remember sitting in my grandmother's room watching that promo, and my jaw was on the floor. I was I couldn't believe the stuff that he was saying. And I'm sure everybody else listening, and Jose himself too, they all remember that pipe on promo.
1: Man, but, I remember that because yeah. that, that invigorated my love for wrestling once again.
0: It did. Yeah. That had the same effect on me too. Mm-hmm. And the whole Money in the Bank match, him leaving with the championship, and then coming back, he was on fire. Nobody could touch CM Punk. But then, Triple H comes along. (laughs) Isn't Triple H a common theme here? Oh, yes, he is. What does Triple H do? Dust off his shovel and buries him. (laughs) Meaningless matches against Triple H. Which CM Punk said in the past that, if anything, it did more for Triple H than him. Because he doesn't need to fight Triple H. Triple H needed to fight exactly, CM Exactly,
1: exactly. And you know what, Triple yeah. H? Who at that point, point like, yeah, Triple H is a legend at that point. Even in 2011, he's considered a legend, right? He didn't need to fight anyway. He, like, he didn't. Ugh, like, even to this day, he doesn't have
0: to. I know, but I guess he likes the 20-minute entrances and the... <laughs> the unlimited Punk budget. Circumstance.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, man, and it's such a travesty that CM Punk hasn't main evented at WrestleMania. It's really a tragedy, you know. CM Punk versus Chris Jericho for the championship has money written all over it. Yeah. Why on earth did that did that not go on last for WrestleMania? I understand that we had Rock versus John Cena, yeah. but come on, this is the WWE Championship. And it goes, again, this touches back to our other episode that we did on the belts not meaning much, right? Yeah. That feud was so good. I remember Jericho smashing the fake bottle of uh, Jack Daniels on CM Punk's head. Yeah. <laughs> that then, was hilarious. And man. then slipping on Come it. on, <laughs> Punk. Have some more. <laughs> have some more, Punk. Drink up, Punk. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great feud for them not to have this guy their top star at the time main event of WrestleMania it's horrible man could have been doing business with WWE for years to come right now he could have still been with the company doing, being a part-timer had they have treated him with some respect mm-hmm. he is your WWE champion you needed to have had him gone on last and then no,
1: they after it.
0: that no, it was the, just the rock downhill from there yeah yeah and Yeah, man. After that, it was just downhill from there. Him feuding with Kevin Nash and with Ryback beating him up and hurting him. (laughs) And I did like his match against him and The Undertaker at WrestleMania 29. That was great. It was. That was a great match, and it was a great feud. And yeah. Paul Heyman was a great mouthpiece uh, for Punk, even oh. though he didn't need it. He didn't but. need it,
1: but, I mean, he added to it. You know, I again, I don't know whose idea that was, but when Paul Heyman came out as Paul Bearer after Paul Bearer had died, yeah. was like, that was dark, and I was like, wow, like, it really added levity to the match. It was horrible, but it's like, wow, of course – WWE going for the Shock value and they did. And it helped Punk because it added levity to the match. It, it rose the match to, yeah, you're right. It should have gone on near the end of the of the card.
0: Yeah, like CM Punk, I can't remember anything else that he did after the WrestleMania match with The Undertaker. All I know is that he was in the Rumble and that no one's seen him ever again after that.
1: Yeah, I know. I think he he started a storyline where he told Heyman to no longer accompany him to his matches, and he was then later attacked by Heyman. Oh yeah, by Brock Lesnar, and then it turned Punk face again. And then you had uh, you know what?
0: Then he had a great match with. Uh, Brock Lesnar, At SummerSlam, Summer
1: yeah, exactly. And then, then he faced uh, Axel Curtis Axel because Heyman was advocating for Curtis Axel. Then Ryback, uh, and then they had that uh, two on one Hell in a Cell match with uh, Heyman and Ryback, and yep, you know. And then, then he feuded with the Wyatt family, I think. And then he teamed up with Daniel Bryan to take on Ooh Harper and Rowan. Yeah, I believe so. And then, yeah. After that, I don't really remember. Oh, then oh. Corporate Kane. And corporate Kane. There you go. Director of Operations yep. Kane. That's right. <laughs> that's right. How can we forget that? Yeah. And then, you know, yeah. the, the Royal Rumble match where, oh, man, like in 2014, where he was just like, he, that's, he had enough. You know, Kane eliminated him. And then he didn't appear on Raw the next night. That's when things kind of just imploded. Imploded. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. As always, things would just be so much better. And it's also like, you got, you, you rise these stars to the top, the pinnacle of WWE. And then you just don't keep them there. It's so hard to keep them up there. And then they just go down. It's like it's like the stock exchange and during the Great Depression. It's just a, a curve that just yeah. goes all the way down and down and down. And then it just implodes.
0: Because at that time, CM Punk was surpassing John Cena. His shirt. His shirt, yeah. I even bought one. And I never, I very seldom buy WWE shirts. I had to get that WWE uh, Punk shirt. The one with the Chicago flag. Oh, yeah, man. The white That's, and black shirt with the Red Stars.
1: Yeah, man. That was the that, equivalent to the Austin 316 shirt, you know, from back in the day. You know, at that yeah, time, that was... That uh, was
0: a big shirt.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, man. I, I agree, man. Uh, CM Punk and Sin Cara, unfortunately, great potential. But again, bad booking, bad choices, bad matches, bad partners, you know. <laughs> yeah. And then Triple H. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Triple H was behind both of our uh, yeah. biggest
1: blunders, so you're right. And also in one of our honorable mentions, Sting.
0: Oh, there you go. And then
1: Horror Show. There Let's you just go. throw Horror Show in there too.
0: <laughs> you're listening to Smartdown Boulevard.
1: Okay, Jermaine, another successful two-for-one week here on the boulevard. I love when we do these because the topics were good. We were good. Yes, on my biggest mark. I think everyone should be their own mark. Um, I really yep. enjoyed them, man. I really did. The horror show review, even though it was a horror show, and then this topic, which, you know, clearly, Sinkara for me, is uh, a big topic.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, and hopefully we get to do more 2 for 1s in the future and have some positive feedback for the pay-per-views that Yeah, we eventually review.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important to know, Jermaine, that we, as much as we love wrestling, when we see things that are not good, we're going to call them out. We're not going to just glorify wrestling just because we want to defend it and because we're fans. We're going to call it the way we see it, right?
0: Sure, man. You can't let garbage slide. No, if you're supposed to be the leader or the top company in the wrestling industry, yeah, then. You have to uphold those standards.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with you. And if you want to listen to more of us and our thoughts, you can listen to us at anchor.fm online or on their app that you can download for free. We're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. For that full list, for more content and to connect with us, find us on Instagram at Smartdown Boulevard. That's at Smartdown BLVD, to keep the conversation going. And Jermaine, remember, you can listen to us also on our YouTube channel. It's nothing fancy, believe me, but it's another step in taking over the world. We'll be gradually adding classic Smartdown Boulevard episodes, and as of right now, the first three are up. Tomorrow, fourth episode will be up with some trivia on our Instagram page, so be sure to follow that. Comment, subscribe, hit the bell notification, and like us on YouTube. Just search Smartdown, hit that space button, BLVD. It is that easy. Jermaine, I thank you once again. Have a great weekend and I'll see you next Friday back to our regularly scheduled programming.
0: It's going to be great as usual.
1: As per usual, of course, man. Until next time, Smarks, tuck your chin in.